Hello, people. Uh, welcome to Fishing for Men with Mac podcast uh, this week. Uh, I think today it's the 28th of July and uh, it's podcast number 61. And the title is God's Thoughts on Looting South Africa 2021. Today, I'd like to share with you my experience with looting the last few weeks. When, when Christians go through difficult times, the first place they should go to is the Bible. To hear what God has to say. And uh, I've had many people ask me, you know, what do I think God thinks about this? And and in the heart of the looting, a dear friend did an online lesson for us and he read Psalm 37. And the more I looked at that text and started to see its application to my own life and the current situation, the more evident it became that God was present in our lives and the lives of people that we know. Now, I'd like to share with you some of the things that I've heard about the looting and some things I've experienced in my own life. And I'd like to, um, to, to show some of the these texts, some of these verses in Psalm 37 that is just so applicable to uh, what we just went through the last few weeks. And uh, so uh, why? Why am I doing this? Well, if, you, if you're not a Christian, it might make you see why people who believe in Christ say they experience Him in their daily lives. And so you will hear today a, a very practical and real example of why people claim God has been good to them. Because I'll be honest with you, um, uh, everybody that I come across who, who do believe in God and has got a relationship with Him, they, they've just experienced something uh, powerful in these, these deepest and darkest and, and, and hardest times of life. Uh, second, secondly, why do a podcast on this? Because if you are a Christian, a disciple of Jesus, then this podcast will strengthen and encourage you and also challenge you to look carefully at the blessings in your life. You know, so, so often we, we, it's so easy for us to see the bad stuff going on that we forget to see the good stuff in the middle of the bad stuff. Um, maybe a third reason, if you'd like to hear a 3,000-year-old piece of writing that is still relevant today, you might enjoy what I'll be reading for us. Um, <coughs> excuse me. You see, sometimes we think we are the only generation to have ever gone through difficult times. It's like, oh my goodness, this is the first time in human history that something like this happens, that people are scared, that looting takes place, and that uh, people are threatened. Uh, you know, it, it's not the first time. Uh, our looting this last few weeks, that wasn't bad. Go back a few hundred years in our own country. Go back a few decades in our own country. I mean, go, <laughs> go to places in the world right throughout human history, and you'll see what is bad. And go now, at this moment, go to Israel, go to Palestine, go see what's going on there. Go to Baghdad and Tikrit and go check out what the Middle East looks like. Uh, it's, yeah, and so so many other places on earth are going through difficult times. But anyways, let's continue. Just uh, briefly, for those who have no clue what I'm talking about, go check out my podcast, uh, Imagine Zuma Was a Christian. It will give you a good background as to what I'm talking about when I talk about the looting. But if you're in South Africa, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But in a nutshell, for those in the States, because uh, I know there's a few people in the States listening to this uh, podcast, um, our pre previous president of South Africa, Jacob Zuma, he was arrested and jailed. That's about three weeks ago. Thousands of people came out in protest for him to be released. Uh, and, you know, just on, on the surface, if you're an educated person or, or a civilized person or, or you you just like what's good and moral, it, it, it's really disturbing to know that there are thousands of people 
um, maybe millions of people probably that support this guy. Okay. In, anyways, this protest turned into a riot. Then it turned into a stealing spree and a path of destruction. Thousands of people descended on hundreds of businesses and malls all over KwaZulu-Natal, the province uh, where we live. They broke down windows. They broke down. Uh, they robbed billions of rands of products. They um, they they blew up ATM machines. Um, and you know what? The, I think the first place that they robbed was 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 all the alcohol shops. They 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 just drank themselves into a pulp and i think when they got drunk then they really got bold and that's when they moved into the malls and and things you know and the the communities in fear quickly mobilized to the best of their ability to protect their neighborhoods uh, i think there's almost 300 people that were killed in this whole ordeal either through gunshots or stampeding Yes, you heard right. Stampeding. In the one shop, they found numerous dead people. Uh, and some of the people, I think they, they're still trying to figure out how they died. Either they drank themselves to death in the shop, or they were stampeded by hundreds of people. As they, It was like a free-for-all. Let's just go into... Uh, let me tell you this. I know that there's been looting in the States. Um, to be honest with you, you haven't seen looting in Africa. You need to go look at some of the some of the footage. It's it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's uh, Africa is just another another place. The police was non-existent. The army was nowhere to see, uh, and so the public felt if it didn't protect itself, nobody else would. And for the first time, I really can understand what people say when they talk about you know gun control and things like that. I saw it here in our country. If if people didn't have guns, we would have been done. It would have it, it we would have been done. And so messages, people kept sending messages um, circulated over social media and WhatsApp about possible attacks in neighborhoods. And to be honest with you, the messages made it sound far worse than it is. But uh, And that put people into a state of panic. Farms were burnt down. Shacks were burnt down. So what some of the people did is they they, they got so angry with these these looters that they went and burnt down the houses where they live and, and people died in those those fires. Uh, malls were burned down. There's Edenvale Mall, which I'll tell you about a little bit later. Uh, my my brother works at Diskim, one of the big uh, pharmacies in one of the the malls that, that was looted. They looted everything in the shop. They looted all the pills except the, the prescribed pills at the back, obviously because they got no idea what it is. The only pills that they did steal was Viagra. I thought that's quite funny. That's okay. That's what you want to grab, then grab it. Anyways, um, everybody was scared. It felt like the masses were coming to kill the people living in the middle-class neighborhoods. One estate, a uh, lifestyle estate on the north coast, apparently hired a small army of soldiers from the Congo to protect it. They just saw these choppers flying in, and these soldiers dropping onto the golf course and, you know, going through the bushes and protecting the community. And so, you know, some people could um, protect themselves. They, you know, a lot of the the private security companies did a lot of work. Um, uh, so it was a scary time. The roads were blocked off, highways were closed, and this only happened um, here in KZN. And and what all of this led to is a shortage in food and fuel. No trucks were traveling because they burned down the trucks, and so there were no trucks that would. Um, be able to bring food into KZN. There were no trucks able to bring in um, fuel into KZN. Um, the shops were stolen, empty, and looted. And the few shops that weren't looted couldn't uh, looted couldn't open due to possible looting again. 
and and people's safety was at stake. I heard yesterday from a gentleman. He stood at you know pick and pay. He stood there for like six hours. He's like nine guys from the front. You know, there's nine guys in front of him, and he's in the queue. And suddenly they close the the, sh- the shop's windows. He's been standing there for six hours, and they 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 close the doors and they say, "No, we heard that there's a group of people coming. There's a whole mob on on their way. We have to close for safety's sake." I mean, you can imagine he wasn't very happy about that um and then over time shops started to open but you could only get like 15 items and you had to stand in queues of a mile long you know people were going crazy over food uh, you know people thought that they'll never eat again people were scared uh we have never experienced something like this uh you know we would lie at night in in our in our beds and you hear gunshots and bomb explosions the highways are, are quiet, thousands of looters running around, vandalism. It's like, it's it's crazy. It feels like a rogue place you're living in. It feels like you're living in the middle of Baghdad and we're not used to that. And and all the ladies that I spoke to basically felt that they were going to die. And in our hearts, we were fearful, but also angry. If we could just listen to what God says during a time like that, you know, wouldn't that be wonderful? Lord, you know, what do you think? And uh, one of the scriptures that I think is just so powerful is Psalm 37. It's written by David, the great king and the man after God's own heart. And I, I just want to read it with you today. And maybe you've never read a psalm in your life. Maybe you don't even believe in God. But here's a nice text for you to, to go think about. And if you if you are a Christian, you believe in God and you've got this, you've got a Bible, I want to challenge you to go read it and I just want to point out some things for you. And so, are you ready? This is Psalm 37. It's going to read it with you and just make a few points as we move through it. Verse 1, Psalm 37, verse 1. Do not fret because of evil men or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away now that word fret he says do not fret because of evil men to be honest with you i did fret okay the word fret means to be hot or furious or to burn or to become angry okay and so uh, the text says we shouldn't get angry at evil men why why Uh, don't don't fret about don't get angry about them why because they will soon wither away they will soon disappear. Now, the, the, the Hebrew here, you know, the NIV I'm reading is not a good translation. Uh, it says here, they will soon weather. That's not what it says in the original. The original says, they will soon be cut off. They will soon be cut off. And the other word here about the green plants that will soon die away is talking about green herbs or herbs, as they say in, in, in the States. And so um, here's, here's the question. How often does grass get cut? At least... Every week if it's raining, right? How long does green herbs or herbs last? They say about three weeks if you really take good care of it. And so let's say it takes a week for the grass to be, every week the grass gets cut and every three weeks herbs die out. Um, Now as I'm writing, as I'm talking here, okay, it's been three weeks since Zuma was arrested and the looting started uh, shortly after that. And right now, I can walk out into the street, no more gunshots, no more fear, nothing is going on. The shops are open, I can go buy as much food as I want, everything is calmed down, I can drive right now and go get fuel for my car, and the army is also around. So, what are we seeing? I'm seeing literally this text being fulfilled in front of my eyes. 
God says, you know, don't, don't fret. I wish I actually believed this while we were going through the difficulty. But you th- see, the thing is that we just don't trust God. We don't trust these words. The text says, basically, within three weeks, it's going to be over. <laughs> Evil men will be, they will be cut off. Then it says, verse 3, so don't fret. And then verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. Now, what, what are these texts saying? First of all, it says, trust God. So, so don't fret. Don't get angry. So just trust. Just trust God. Okay. He's in control. Okay. And just continue doing good. Okay, don't go shooting people. Just do good, okay, and delight yourself in God. In other words, focus on Him and commit your way to Him. And then He says, and be still. The Hebrew word says, rest. Rest in Him. Now, I've got to be honest with you. I noticed that most people in this terrible time we went through, they didn't do any of these things. Okay, they did the opposite. Okay, instead of trusting, they were panicking. Instead of doing good, they wanted to do bad. Instead of delighting in God, they were delighting in WhatsApp and Facebook messages. Instead of committing to God, they were committing to violence. And instead of being still, they were all talking and shouting and screaming and and going nuts. You could quickly see who trusts in God and who doesn't. Now, some folks even managed to flee. They got on planes. They got out of here. Others had weapons all over the house. Some people didn't sleep for a whole week. There was no rest. And look at the text. The text is saying just rest. Just rest in God. Verse 8 to 9 says, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off. But those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. And I think it's just so powerful. It says there, Do not fret. Don't get angry because it leads only to evil. That is the truth, guys. This type of anger, I mean, if you live in South Africa and you've seen what's going on, yeah, you want to go crazy in anger. But if you get angry, you might just start bearing a grudge inside of you. Or you might just take matters into your own hands and that leads to trouble. There was one instance where the community, they were busy uh, protecting the neighborhood and, and they were, there was a car who drove up to them and, and they asked the car to stop and the guy didn't stop. He kept on driving. One guy, he just somehow pulls out his gun and he shot, sh- starts shooting at the car. <laughs> Eventually the guy stops and, he, and apparently he had some alcohol. He's been drinking a little bit and the guy with the gun is going crazy. He's angry. You know, he takes the, he, he takes the guy's uh, alcohol, throws it over his head, takes the car keys and throws it into the bush and now suddenly it's become a crime scene you know it's attempted murder now and the police came now in the middle of the riot the police have to come and they've got to come resolve this issue this place they've got to come look at now because it's turned into a crime scene and that guy's probably going to prison for attempted murder because he got angry he didn't think through it properly in phoenix 
uh, we got this Indian community here. They went and they burnt down the, the African people's shacks. Some of the people burned to death in those shacks. Can you imagine what uh, is that going to do to that community? What do you think that community is thinking? That community is thinking, look, we went to go loot shops. Then you come, you burn down our houses. Okay, if that's how you work, then we'll burn down your houses. And so it just makes things worse. It's not worth it to get angry over this. Let's read further. Verse 10. A little while and the wicked will be no more. Though you look for them, they will not be found. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy great peace. I'll be honest with you. I, don't, I haven't seen any looters around. They are gone. Okay, the looters are gone. The streets are clean. Verse 12. The wicked plot against the righteous and gnash their teeth at them. But the Lord laughs at the wicked for he knows their day is coming. You know? We we look at the uh, we look at the videos on Facebook. We we see the looting going on, and let me tell you this: I cannot laugh at that. I get very very angry. But I wonder how God sees that. He looks down from heaven. You know what He's doing? You know you know how God sees these people. The text says He laughs at them. He laughs at the wicked. And here's why: for He knows their day is coming. Let me tell you this: every person that stole a kettle, that stole food that stole fridges and stoves, whatever. Every person that stole something will get their day, either in this life or when they face God. And you th think that, you know, we, we think that God is just serious all the time. No, he's not. He, this last few weeks, he's been sitting in heaven laughing at these oaks. I mean, there's, there's a video going around where, uh, I think it was a pick and pay or a shop right or something. They, they they put cooking oil in front of the entrance so that the people couldn't walk. So that when the looters came, they couldn't walk. They were slipping all over the show. Now, that's a funny scene. I'll be honest with you. That was funny. I, was like, I could just imagine God sits in heaven and he laughs at these oaks. But I think it's also, in a sense, a serious laugh because they're not going to get away with it. They might get away with it from us and from the police. Lots of people out there still have stolen stuff. There's no way that any of that stuff can bring a blessing over their lives, over their houses. Let's read further, verse 14. The wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy, to slay those whose ways are upright. But their swords will pierce their own hearts and their bows will be broken. Essentially what that comes down to is that they hurt themselves. And that's a sad thing about the looting that took place here in South Africa, is that all these people who did the looting, they were only hurting themselves. Yes, you know, there were a lot of poor people, but apparently I hear there were some wealthy people also that looted. They just took the opportunity for fun. But the poor people are really going to struggle. Majority of the, well, I think all of the looters um, were, were African, black uh, people. And, you know, I've got a lot of good black African friends and, you know, they say to me, it's just so sad for them because this is painting such a bad picture of our African uh, brothers and sisters, you know. It gives them a, a bad name. Now the, the white people are saying, see, told you, they're barbaric, you know. Um, it's just so sad because this has made their, the, the, the African culture just, just given it a more bad, a worse name. I mean, in, in Edenvale, they burnt down the whole mall. One guy's got a business in there. He can't go to see what his business looks like because they're suspecting the whole building is going to collapse. And this is a massive mall. And apparently, uh, more than 70% of the businesses um, in these shopping centers are black-owned. Okay? And 
the owner of that mall is a black man and he says he, he's never that, that he's not going to rebuild that mall he's going to take his insurance money he's going to get out and get out of the country probably and so our tax system is going to be poorer now um, there's going to be less paid tax because lots of businesses have closed now uh, that community won't have a shopping mall there anymore so they're going to have to they're going to have to now take a taxi it's going to cost them more money to get to shops where they can buy stuff Okay, so they've burnt down their own shopping mall that's not going to open again. It's done. Okay, so because, you know, the, the revenue services is going to have less money, that means less good doctors, less hospitals, less government grants that the poor people need. And so the poor people did the stealing, but the poor people are going to suffer the worst. The less money the middle class has because their, their businesses have been, um, you know, uh, um, robbed, the less money the poor class will have because they employ them. Or the lower class. In any case, so this text tells us, you know, you, the wicked draw the sword and bend the bow to bring down the poor and needy to slay those whose ways are upright, but their swords will pierce their own hearts. It hurts you. Verse 16, Better the little that the righteous have than the wealth of many wicked. For the power of the wicked will be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. The days of the blameless are known to the Lord, and their inheritance will endure forever. In times of disaster, they will not wither. In days of famine, they will enjoy plenty. And I would like to just pause here for a moment. We were on the beach in Umtualume. We heard about, you know, the rioting going on. And, and it, it's a very secluded place where we were. And so we didn't expect any um, trouble. And so we went swimming on the Monday. Now, the Monday was the big day, the, the big day. We decided we're going to stay over another day because we heard of the looting. We heard that the highways have been closed and, and that the, the, there's rubble over the roads. And we are about an hour away, hour and a half away from home. So we knew we couldn't drive home. And so we just chilled on the beach and uh, we just went in for a swim. And people told us, look, uh, uh, hurry, go, go back home. There's a crowd of people coming. Um, you know, there's a there's a mob on, on their way and, you know, you don't want to be caught by them. And uh, we, we just fobbed that off and said, well, if they come, we'll just swimming to the lagoon because most of these guys, they can't swim in anyways. And, you know, we'll be safe. Um, but about a few minutes later, there's a, a security car that came with huge sirens and waving lights at us and, and calling on us to uh, get out of the water. And then they warned us and said, please go home. It's very dangerous. And so we went to the... Um, we went to our bed and breakfast only, only to see that th there's no fence around. I mean, they could get into the house so easily. And, you know, there was a little bit of vulnerability there. But um, nevertheless, we still survived that night, although it was a little bit scary. You know, we, we slept through it. And then the next day we decided we're going we're gonna to drive back home regardless of what's happening. And we, we got into the highway and we saw that there's rubble all over the road. Tires have been burnt. Very few cars. We we were blessed by God. Like the moment we climbed onto the highway, there was a there was a con convoy of cars and we just climbed in right behind it and we just stick stuck behind that convoy until it was quite safe under the bridges there was stuff burnt and you know everybody was just hiding away in their houses I've never seen this in South Africa it was very interesting and and we made it home hour and a half drive and then we uh, found out just after some of the places we've gone through uh, riots and looting started again um, uh, over those areas and we could just say wow we've honestly been protected by God like as we moved through as we traveled the road just opened up I'll give you another example you know um, 
And to be honest, I never once, and I'm using myself as an example, but there are many other people out there that have experienced the, the same thing. I'm going to give you just a few stories. I mean, so my sister wants to send us food from Cape Town. And uh, because all the shops are closed, people can't get food. And so some people are trying to get food from other provinces um, through other means because the trucks aren't moving in. And, and people were fearful that we won't have food for weeks. And so th my sister said this. I, th I think she was at a party or something or some social gathering and, and said she wants to send us a box with food. And, and there was a guy sitting there who knew a pilot to fly Safair. And he said, well, this guy will do it. I don't know if the pilot was there or somebody else. Any case, this pilot from fly sapphire uh, got that box for us okay it's probably like 30 kgs carried that box into the plane kept it with him in the cockpit and he flew to he flew to durban with uh, on his flight and and he messaged me while i was in the air on whatsapp asking me where he could meet me and i couldn't go um it, the closest i could get was just to the arrival section and he carried that box all the way to me and I asked him so so where are you gonna um sleep now and, and, and you know are you in Durban he says no 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 I'm getting back on the plane now I'm flying back to Cape Town I'm like wow man that is absolutely amazing you're a pilot okay and you are carrying a box for some oak in Durban uh, a food for him and I'm like wow this is this is the God that we serve uh, right I mean he provides for his people he can get he can get a pilot to bring you food from another place if he needs to get food to you don't you think that's just absolutely amazing so i've seen this and listen to what the text says in times of disaster they will not weather in days of famine they will enjoy plenty and so here we have a box of food for us our family members in his london there's a guy driving with a with, with a with a bucky and a trailer just bringing food for people and they delivered food for us from his london our very dear brother and sister that stays close to us here in westville uh she, she, she you know she went on, on the Sunday before the rioting and she took a trailer and she just went and bought a lot of food. And she, she didn't really, um, she knew there was rioting coming, coming and things like that. But she, 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 she threw that buying of that food, provided food for so many other people. We didn't know it's going to be that bad. And to make it even more interesting, about three, four weeks ago, we went hunting and it's a brother, it's a brother in Christ. And he just said, we can have all of the meat. You know, we shot a kudu and an impala. And so we made mince and, and so we just had lots of meat and we brought that meat back, probably like 150 kgs of meat. And we just could give it to all the people that we know in Christ, little knowing that within in a few weeks time from now, there's going to be a lack of food. And so uh, at least six families were fed through that food. Now, when we went hunting, we didn't know that this was going to happen. Um, so uh, we had a, a, a special lady from the States. When she heard this, she also sent us um, money from the States. Her husband has been uh, fighting fires in, in California, no, in Oregon. And apparently it's a huge fire. He's been doing that for weeks. He's been receiving extra money. And she said to us, look, I'm going to send you guys extra money because food is probably going to be more expensive and, and fuel is going to be more expensive. Uh, he's been working overtime, killing this fire. Um, and he's got extra money. I'm going to pay it in for, for you guys. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. You know, I mean, we get food through a pilot from Cape Town. We got 
got food from East London. We've got food from a sister that is, um, you know, that, that went uh, buying just before all of this happened. We went on a hunting trip where we got the meat for free. And, and, and we've got a brother fighting fires in the States. And he's giving some of the money he gets for that gets sent to us here in, in, in South Africa. And I can truly resonate with this text over here that we have been supplied abundantly. We've been able to just give to other people again. Um, so I can honestly testify that this is true about God, that when you belong to him and you walk in his ways, in times of disaster, you will not wither. In days of famine, you will enjoy plenty. I've got to say that that is just what I've experienced. And I've experienced that with everybody that I have known who are in Christ and walks in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Verse 20 says, but the wicked will perish. The Lord's enemies will be like the beauty of the fields. They will vanish, vanish like smoke. Verse 21, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Those the Lord blesses will inherit the land, but those he curses will be cut off. I mean, something I've really seen is I've seen some serious generosity during this time. Some people are just an abundance to give to others. Verse 23, 24, if the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. Though he stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Some people won't get up after this ordeal. Their businesses are down. But then there are the righteous that although they've been pushed down by looting, they will get up again. It's still the greatest benefit in the world to walk in a righteous relationship with the God of the universe. There are some real practical benefits. You fall down, but you get back up again. That's the difference between the wicked and the godly. Verse 25 and 26 is a fundamental text. This is a, these are two verses that you need to imprint in your mind and never forget. This is 3,000 years ago that this was written, and it's still true today. Okay, and this, th these are the words of a wise person who observed people, who lived a long life. Verse 25 of Psalm 37. I was young and now I am old. In other words, I've lived life, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. They are always generous and lend freely. Their children will be blessed. You know who gets blessed when you're generous? Your children. And he says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their children begging for bread. I want to challenge you to test this scripture because I promise you in my life, I've seen this too many times. The righteous are never forsaken and the children never beg for bread. Let me continue verse 27. Turn from evil and do good. Then you will dwell in the land forever. For the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever. But the offspring of the wicked will be cut off. The righteous will inherit the land and dwell in it forever. The mouth of the righteous man utters wisdom and his tongue speaks what is just. The law of his God is in his heart. His feet do not slip. The wicked lie in wait for the righteous, seeking their very lives. But the Lord will not leave them in their power or let them be condemned when brought to trial. Wait for the Lord and keep his way. He will exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you will see it. I've seen a wicked and ruthless man flourishing like a green tree in its native soil, but he soon passed away and, and was no more. Though I looked for him, he could not be found. Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. 
there is a future for the man of peace. But all sinners will be destroyed. The future of the wicked will be cut off. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is their stronghold in time of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in Him. I just want to go back to verse 37 and 38. Consider the blameless. Observe the upright. There is a future for the man of peace. And I want to ask you today, are you a person of peace? I read an article today of an African lady here from the Eastern Cape apologizing for not loving and forgiving our, our forefathers, the guys who promoted and created apartheid. She says that it is, it is wrong for them to hate and be unforgiving towards the children of those who inflicted harm on their parents. Now she's been set free and there's a future for her because she's a person of peace. If you're listening to this and you don't have peace in your heart, because what have transpired and what people have done, you don't have peace. Listen up. You need a heart change. Your bitter and unforgiving heart will cost you your future. And I know it's hard. Somebody once said that, oh, I quoted it last week in my podcast, you know. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It just makes you better. Let me conclude. I think this is a beautiful psalm. And the key thoughts for me are these. Don't let evil upset you. Leave it to God. He will cut them off. Rest in God during troubled times. He is in control. Even if it doesn't look like that, He is in control. Even if evil hurts you, it will only make you stumble. It won't make you fall. If God is your rock, there's no way you or your children will ever go without what you need. And I'm willing to bet my life on it. And lastly, seek peace. For some, these events have inspired racial tempers. Be different. Seek peace. I'm reminded of the words of Jesus on the cross. One of the seven phrases. Forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. It will give you peace when you have peace with others. Love you guys. Have a fantastic week. Chat again next week. Bye-bye.